Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. same as me, but you were probably counting down the days waiting for 2021 to appear and we can just be done with the year. It'll be all done. It'll be good. And before we go into 2021, I want to kind of teach you guys one more thing. Is that okay? I want to teach you quantum theory. So some of you are probably like, oh no, Evan, you're, you're going to teach me all these mathematical equations. No, I don't, I'm not good at mathematical equations. We, whenever I do like a quiz game, I've been out of college. I went to Bible college. We didn't do a lot of math stuff. I'm so slow when it comes to math. I'll stand up here forever. So I'm not going to do any math things, but I want to teach you a little bit about quantum theory. So there's this um, example uh, that Schrodinger talks about trying to explain really what quantum theory is, and he uses Schrodinger's cat. So he uses this example. So I had a cat uh, through 2020. He was my homie. He was like my only roommate through the summer. I loved him to death, but he passed away in September. I was super sad. Actually, Rob Mills, like the day after I got back from the vet and he passed away, Rob Mills asked me, he's like, hey, how's your cat doing? And I was standing right up there and I just bawled because he passed away. Coolest cat ever. My family loved him to death. We were all crying, sobbing when we had to put him down. He was a great cat. But now we have a cat. Her name is Sushi. My cousin, when he moved in, we also adopted her. What a great name, right? Sushi. Isn't that awesome? Um, and she's cool, except she's super annoying. Um, we have a Christmas tree, and like the bottom half of the entire tree, all the ornaments are gone. They are underneath the couch, and it is awful. I was talking on the phone the other day, and I had my, my foot up, and she just clawed my middle toe, and just like right in there. I was like, ah, that hurt a lot. Um, she likes to, whenever you're taking a nap, she likes to bolt from the couch to the kitchen table to the couch to the kitchen table and like runs past your head. She's got this jingling bell. She's super annoying, um, but I love her, I think. I'm still figuring that out. But okay. With Schrodinger's cat, what this is, is he has this theory. So he says, if I stick a cat in a box and I put poison in there and I make a contraption to where the poison either goes off or it doesn't and there's a 50% chance. So I stick a cat in here and if the poison goes off, the cat dies. If the poison does not go off, the cat lives. Sometimes I would love to stick that cat in the box and just, just try my chances, you know, just like, hmm. 50% chance, that's, that's pretty good. 
But in the moment that you put the cat in the box and you don't open the box, the cat is both alive and dead. It is in both states at once. But the moment that you open the box and you observe, the cat is either dead or alive. And so it is in this like quantum state of in-between. And in fact, scientists have found out that the particles and atoms, there's these electrons that spin around atoms. They're either going clockwise or counterclockwise. But until you observe them, you really know. But they found out that the state of these electrons and these atoms are either going one way or the other. They're going both until they're observed. And I, I thought that was a weird thing because how can you observe an atom spinning clockwise or counterclockwise if you haven't observed it. And I just thought it was so interesting, and I was trying to wrap my mind around it, and I kind of wanted to explain it like this. You ever seen Toy Story? You know how when, like, Andy's not in the room, and, like, these toys are, like, walking around, but as soon as Andy comes, they drop. Andy's coming. There's, like, a fun little meme. Andy's coming. They all drop to the ground, and they're back at the state where they were. It's kind of like when you're working on tools. Some of you work on cars. I was working on these lights up here, and I had a screwdriver. And I walked away, and I came back, and the screwdriver was gone. Like, what? Did it, did it up and walk away? What happens as soon as it wasn't observed and went somewhere else? Say you leave the garage, and there's a basketball there. And you go, and the basketball is going all over the place. But as soon as you come back, the basketball is right in that same place. Quantum theory is very mysterious. You have quantum entanglement, and you can harness teleportation, and there's all different kinds of things. You can uh, harness different dimensions. They, they try to find the God particle inside all of this. There's so many cool, insane things that you can do with quantum theory. Some of you still don't understand, and that's kind of the point. You don't understand what quantum theory is. It is in all states at once until it is observed. And so what is my point? I think in life we'll always face a Schrodinger's cat. We don't know exactly what is inside this box until we open it. Sometimes in our lives we don't know what exactly is going to happen until we observe it. I remember talking to Nathaniel and Pastor Rick uh, New Year's last year. It was like a year ago today. And I was like, Pastor Rick... I have such a good feeling about 2020. It's going to be awesome. God's going to do crazy things. This church is going to explode. It's going to be so cool. And then like six months later, me and Nathaniel met up and we were like, what? <laughs> what just happened? Like we opened the box and sure enough, that cat was dead. It was a dead cat. And... Going through, I'm just trying to figure it out. And sometimes you kind of have these moments where you don't know whether a loved one is going to be okay or not until you get a result from the doctor. Or you don't know whether or not you're accepted into that college until you actually open the envelope. And actually, there's Schrodinger cat all around us. You never know when you're going to get a text message from a family member saying somebody got in a car crash. You never know what is going to happen until you open the box. And so we are about to face a new year. And Mr. Jack said it clearly when he said, it's just going to be a change of date. It's going to be a change of year. But I kind of have one thing that I know is certain. If you guys could turn to, with me into John chapter 9, verse 13. I'm going to be reading the NIV version. 
So to give you an example of what, what's going on, a man was healed. He was born blind. Jesus spit on some mud, rubbed it on the man's eyes. And this is so, such a cool thing. Jesus hardly ever does the same exact miracle twice. He does it different every single time just to show like, dude, God is full of surprises and he's going to show you something cool. And in this one, Jesus just healed a man in his eyes and he was blind. But I just think of the man's perspective of what's going on. Like he can finally see everything. And when you see those baby videos, when the baby sees for the first time or when he hears for the first time, it's amazing. It's incredible. They're like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. I could see everything. This is awesome. That's probably how this man felt. But the Pharisees had a different feeling. So John chapter 9, verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Now supposed to do stuff on the Sabbath, not healing people on the Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied. And I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? This man is so excited about what God has done in his life. God has healed his eyes and know he knows that this man is from God. And some of you have in your life a moment where God has healed you. He has done amazing things in your life. He has shown amazing grace and love. When you were broken, he healed you. He, he made you whole. And people are questioning, and they're like, how do you know? And you're like, I know because God has touched me. They still did not believe he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one they said was born blind? How is it now that he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered. And we know he was born blind, but how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledges Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I just, I love that line so much. One thing I do know. There's so many times when people will ask me questions about whether something is biblical, whether something is right, and I know that I don't know all of the answers. But there is one thing I do know. I know that the people who think they know everything actually probably know a little less than the people who admit they don't. Admit that you don't know, but there's one thing that you can stand on for a matter of fact, this one thing, and I'll tell you in a minute. They hurled insults at them. You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered. Now, this is remarkable. I I love this. I got to read this because he's just sassing them. It's great. Now, that is remarkable. You don't know where he come from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. I know some of you right here, you have had a move of God in your life. You saw God heal somebody. You saw God move somewhere. I could talk to my parents all day. I watched God change my brother's life completely. And whether I want to accept it or not, That was God. 
And it was awesome, and I can't deny, but one thing I know, God healed him. He made him whole. He made him purposeful. And it is so cool. Sometimes I'll be frustrated with things, and he's like, Evan, let me just tell you what the Bible says. Have you ever heard of Job in the situation he was in? I'm like, who are you? (laughs) It's crazy just seeing that. And some of you have had people in your life, some of you say, I'm an example of that, of God's movement in my life, and that's something I know. But there's something even bigger that I know. Something that I am certain of. Jesus died on the cross. He died. And in John chapter 20, I want to read what happens on this day. So if you could turn with me to John chapter 20. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Quick side note. Actually, I'm going to read this a little more. Notice who went to see Jesus. And and this time, women's opinions, women's thought weren't respected. They They didn't listen to what women were doing. And in fact, when you read Matthew, he barely acknowledges what Mary did or anything because he's talking to the Jewish colder because they did not respect women. And Jesus chose women. Like a statement right off the bat, right there. He's like, these are going to be the first people to see me. This is going to be written in the Bible to show that women's views and women's thoughts are important. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because of their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering what happened. So I connected this to my life, and God really touched me by this whole example. And actually, I wrote this whole sermon in April. I was like, God, this is so good. I'm ready to preach it. And then he gave me another sermon back, and I'm like, okay, today I'm going to do this. You have a cat. You put a cat in a box, there's a 50% chance whether it lives or dies. There's a 50% chance, and when you open it, you finally know whether it is living or dead. But this is the chance of Jesus raising from the dead. You put a dead Jesus in a tomb. The chances of him coming out alive is none. But the tomb was opened. And there was no Jesus there. And the reason why is because he is, he was, he is, and will forever be alive. Jesus is alive. I know sometimes people think of what hope really is, and they think, oh, I'm hoping in the future, in the promise, what is up for me. But our hope is what has happened 2,000 years ago. And it's the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered the grave, and now he is alive and wants a relationship with you today. Basically, I've come to this conclusion. 
Nothing is certain. One thing I do know, there was a dead Jesus who was supposed to stay dead, but I am certain about the empty grave. And sometimes you can say that is impossible. And you see that the fact that, like, this is, this is what reality is, right? But the moment that you put Jesus into the equation, the things that seem impossible, the situations in your life that seem impossible, Jesus has already conquered it. The healing that you may need in your life, the family member who is so lost, they can come to know Jesus. The moment you put him in your situations and in that struggle, the depression you have, the bondage you have, the sin you have and you can't get over, put Jesus into the equation. Because if he can conquer the grave, he can conquer anything. Nothing is impossible for him. In fact, you say it's impossible, and he says, I'm possible. You say it can't happen. Jesus says, watch me do it. When I was 16, I felt the call into ministry. And I was certain of a lot of things. I was certain that the, the church that I was at, I was going to be the ministry assistant, ultimately bring my way into a staff position there. I was certain I was going to be with my youth pastor, my mentor, the guy who invested so much into my life. I was going to work with him. I was certain of it. But no. No. He accepted a position at another church, and I didn't know what to do. We hired two other youth pastors, and things weren't going the way that I expected. And some of you have dealt with something like this. And I went to Atlanta, and I had another certainty. I was certain I was going to spend four years there and get hired on staff and stay in Atlanta. That was going to be my life. That's what was going to happen. I do one year. I'm still certain. Two years, I'm still certain. Three years, I'm still certain. And I didn't get accepted for a staff position. And they said to me, it's not anything that I did. I was completely qualified, but that just wasn't the place for me. But I was certain. And so I get to Florida, and I'm like, this has to be it. I'm right next to the beach. This is like the best place ever. I've got a place to stay. I'm with so many people that I love. I've created my best friendships ever there in Florida. But six months in, I do not feel peace. I'm like, God, I want to stay here. I was fighting with God for two months straight. I remember calling my dad just like, I don't feel peace about this. I, I'm certain that this is where I need to be. And God is saying, no. I was certain about it. But then I left. And I came to Columbus First Assembly. I was at the Beermans one night for dinner. And it was after quarantine started. It was about a couple months in. And Rachel Beerman asked me this question. Was this anything that you had expected? And I just, I thought for a second, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, be, I gotta be mature about this. I gotta, I gotta say what I think. And I was like, yeah, I mean, there's some things. I knew there was gonna be challenges and everything. And I've thought about it a little more now. And I will say, no, it was not. How do you expect a quarantine to happen? How do you expect a pandemic? I talked to other youth pastors and they're like, you just finished your first year of ministry? <laughs> Good luck, man. <laughs> you did it. I can handle anything after this. Here we go. This is what I did. But I am certain that God has called me here to be the youth pastor and to be faithful to these kids and to this church. So that's what I'm doing. 
I think about what happened and the years that I spent. Were they all a waste? Was it, was it a waste of time going to Atlanta, going to Florida? And I had lunch with one of my friends who is now a missionary in Minneapolis. And I just was talking with him and he said, man, the moment that you sat with me and I was questioning my relationship with God and you sat and you listened to me and encouraged me and said, it's okay. Jesus loves you anyways, whether you question or not. We were sitting there in that moment and he's like, you touched my life and you were there for me and that made me realize that's the reason. That is the reason. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Some of the times I'm talking with Mr. Jack and we're just like, God, what are you thinking? God, why would you let this pandemic happen if I love to spend time? Jack is missing time with these kids. I'm missing time with these teens getting investing in their lives and we're just like, God, do you realize how this is affecting our lives? And he's like, I know. I know. But trust not in your own understanding, but lean on him and trust his ways, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in him. There are times when I get stressed because I think the less time that I get with them, the farther away they may get, and that's not the case at all because God loves them way more than I ever could. And he says, trust me, Evan. It'll be okay. So this is my prediction for 2021. I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. This box is closed. The cat is either dead or alive. And some of you may have great feelings. God is going to prosper us. He's going to reward us for our faithfulness in 2020. I don't know. It could be another awful year, another year that we can't stand because so many crazy things are happening in our lives. But there's one thing I do know. The tomb is empty. And Jesus is alive. And whether there's bad things going on in our lives, we're not going to hold on to the different circumstances that may happen. The box is open, the cat is dead, but Jesus is alive. Believe that. And as the worship team makes their way up, 2021 is the unopened box. And we don't know whether the cat is dead. But every single year that we live our life, we can live in the freedom and the knowing of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I want us to celebrate as we go into this new year that he ran out of that grave and he's with us now. So I want us to celebrate this. Let me go into prayer and Nathaniel will lead us in this song. Jesus, you are so good. God, there has been circumstances in every single one of these people's lives. God, 2020 was not fun. But God, let us use those situations that we put in, use those hardships that we put in. Pastor Rick, who is on watching right now, God, bless him and the hardships that he has dealt with in these past couple months. 
God, let him know that you have a purpose for him and for this church. Because, God, whether we know the circumstances are good, whether the cat is dead or alive, God, we know the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. God, we bless you. And we will praise you forevermore knowing that you are, is what our hope is in, not in the circumstances, not in the situations, not in the hopelessness of our lives, but God, in the hope of you. God, let us celebrate knowing you are our king, you are our father, and you are our savior. Amen. stand and sing this great old hymn. Because he Glorious Day one more time as a declaration 
You know, sometimes it's good to just remember what the Lord's done for us.
You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. 